welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater The Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit TheaterInTheNow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. I say what the fuck did we just witness in this edition of not all international seasons are for Americans the Pinoy Divas did an improv challenge that was also a pageant that was very much lost in translation so who is wearing the crown it's time to talk all things Drag Race Philippines and joining me back again is someone who is ready for the page precious envy how are you hello um hello I swear I just like frog caught in my throat I'm good I'm a little tired had to get last night yeah, uh, but um, but did I, um, you slash anybody? No, but I was wearing a Freddy glove, so it, I could have. Oh, you should have killed Nancy No Good. She deserves that. <laughs> no, I love her. Um, She's well, great. Welcome. welcome. Um, mm-hmm. So Precious was not supposed to be the guest today. We had someone else. Uh, they backed <laughs> out, and that's fine. But um, I have an announcement. Precious Envy will be making Block Talk her stream. For stepping in last minute with hours left to post this episode. <laughs> He wins a Block Talk badge. Yes, that's right. She Woo! will be the first ever recipient of a Block Talk pin of her choice. Either the show logo or the Tea Time pin. Listeners, you will have your chance to purchase these real soon. Like I, This is not even a gimmick. Like You will get oh my God. Yes. of either Block Talk pin now available. Oh. So we'll, we'll discuss that after. Oh, I feel so happy. I'm like touring. I have a badge. Um, yeah, so yeah, I'm very excited about these these pins. They're really, really cool. Um, listeners, get ready. You're gonna help fund me <laughs> get to the by buying these Woo-hoo! pins. All right, you're back, Drag Race Philippines. Um, up another performance challenge. Mm-hmm. What's another going performance? On? We were talking. We mentioned it earlier. It really does feel like this season. It started off like okay, good. You got a design challenge. Uh, you're doing a, a variety show, great. Then you're like, okay, we're getting the girl group challenge earlier than normal, perfect. But then you're like, okay, now you have a risical. Now you have a somewhat kind of same like improv challenge and then we're getting Snatch Game next week. It's like when they decide the outline of the schedule, I don't know what they were smoking. Yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it. Maybe it's because of Pia's work schedule and obviously you want this challenge for her. Exactly. Uh, or... Or it's just because performance is so heavy-handed in Philippines drag that this is just what they do. So it could be, yeah. For us. And the other thing I will say, watching this episode, I don't know if I've noticed it in any other episode or any other show. The musical scoring of this episode felt off the entire episode. It, oh, it was, was like I was like I, it was really it took you out. It was really jarring because you're like. No, can you? I'm like, I need to hear the queens. I don't want to hear your underscoring. It was yeah. just so bad this episode. As Amanda Masker pointed out to me, you can't hear Jiggly because the underscoring was over her. So, yeah, it was really bad, especially during judging. I noticed it. I think it was like when I was doing the judging, was when I first kind of got it more. But then I was, I rewatched the beginning of the episode before we started talking. And I was like, going, oh no, it was there the entire episode. But I think yeah. because this episode was just like, not my favorite. I just I wasn't paying attention to it originally. 
Yeah. Well, listeners, have no fear. I have all the words for you. I got you. I got your back. Yeah, there we go. All right. The pearls are back, but Turing is gone. We hear oh. Liam Morgana read Turing's message one last time. If you have a bad day, doesn't mean you have a bad drag, and not the opposite, like Turing mm-hmm. accidentally said. <laughs> that was really good. I oh, like when she messed up. It was so funny. Precious is broken that Turing is gone, and Morgana really thought it would be a double Shantae, uh, but she's here, and she's going to stay with positive and happy thoughts. She didn't want to wipe off the name, but um, I'm assuming when they say she had to, by they told her she had to, they made production. production. Yep. Um, because I don't think the other girls are like, no, wipe it off. Get rid of her. Brigading and I Precious. Really, I, want a, yeah. I really want a season where, like, there's just a mirror that is just all their names where they just don't wipe it off where as they leave, they just write their name. So at the end of the show, you have all the girls who've left and it's yeah. just their names. That's like, that's what I want. Not the that's mirror. Cool. Like the mirror message is one thing, but I think it would have been cool if like, if like one season down the line, you just have like a mirror that no one uses and it's just signed by all the girls. It's just That'd like, there you have it. It'd be cute. We're getting in Precious's giant pearl. Congratulate Morgana on her lip sync. They were speechless. Morgana was enjoying the lip sync and as she was thinking of her family at home, she did not want to go home and defeat and will fight for as long as she can. Now Precious is happy to win and this was her way to pay tribute to the paper dolls as they owe a lot to them. And I was like, did you mention that at all during last episode? Where did that come from? No. The only one who's ever talked about the paper dolls this entire season has been Silhouette. Yeah, very strange. This is the first time it came out of uh, Precious's mouth. Now, Minty will bring up that Brigading is the only divine diva without a badge. Um, we'll get to untuck things later, but clearly Minty has a problem with Brigading. Just a little. Mm-hmm. Brigading is happy for both her sisters. She knows she needs more oomph to get one, but that doesn't mean she's not good enough for this competition. She's ready to kill those girls. Brigadine and Minty were read by Colin Karen and Jiggly to wake the fuck up. So, how is it affecting them? Minty is not going to sleep. She's listening. It will give more attention, but she's just a, she's a chill person. It's her brand. Well, the funny thing is, episode one, Minty won. Episode two, she was high. Episode three was when they started to be like, well, you were too lackluster in the girl group challenge. And then the character she played in the musical... I felt that was the type of character. That was like a Lana Del Rey. It was like if you yeah. told her to play Lana Del Rey, you have to play it sleepy. So I was just like, I'm confused by what you want from these girls. Yeah. Well, it's time to get out of drag. And we're going to watch Brigading um, be like, I'm untucking right now because I have to go pee. And well, um, it was a moment. Uh, did she do a reveal? Yes. Yes, she yes. did. Um, she was holding it in her hand. Cock in the house. Well, then she had that moment where you, where she like lifted up her hand. And she did like the Alaska thing from season five, where it was like, Woo! yeah, was I mean, out. again, these girls—they're all sisters, so it's not mm-hmm. like it's the first time they've seen it, probably. And I'm mm-hmm. sure some of them have seen it in dis- different circumstances. Oh, of course, of course. Well, especially like when you're working in like a lot of the like, a lot of times when you're in a back room getting ready. There's not a lot of room. So you're going to see everything back there. So if you're a shy person, it's like, it's not going to work out for you. They're going to see everything. Well, good morning. It's a new week and Marina has been doing good and she's promising up. She's getting us a badge. And spoiler, that was not the kiss of death this week. It wasn't. I know. It's the top eight. And Lady M is sporting an outfit inspired by Mindanao with a bugabo belt as they are celebrating Davao Day and Karayawan Festival. Um, according to the Reddit reference list, 
these are two different things and take place in two different time periods. So don't know what she was actually doing here besides just bringing Mindanao um, love. It could be one thing where it was like one might have been happening the day they were shooting and the other was going to be taking place like when she's like, oh, when this airs, this might be already happening. Could have been something like that. Now, just like my guest will be soon, Precious is sporting her new bling. She's very, <laughs> very, very proud of herself. Now, Lady Morgana will tell us that she learned the lip sync shine with her sister's help. And I, here I thought these bitches were cutthroat. I, who would ever? I would never help a competitor like that. Well, no, That's- the only reason why she helped it was because apparently Touring told Venus she wanted her to leave and exactly. go home. And that's why Venus is like, no, no, Morgana, you're staying. This so is how you're going to do it. The moral of the story is the opposite of praying is wishing. <laughs> exactly. Brigadine was cheered up by her divine diva sisters and she is ready to carry on. She's still there. She will do whatever it takes to have the judges talk to her. Don't wish too hard, girl. Silhouette was meant to come with a story and she is hopeful that she'll leave with a badge. She's happy to have almost won a performance challenge, especially with resident mean choreographer Sug, Sir Douglas Nieres. Girl, just you wait. He's not going nowhere. Uh-uh. Oh, he's, my God. He's got Two episodes with him. I don't like him. He's, it's he's just the insane. way he teaches is just like, he's one of those instructors. It's just like he belittles you. And it's like not like in a way to like to help you. I'm, I was like, girl, no. you're not the T. I, I can't. Lady Morgana would like to play the game of who the next guest judge will be. And the girls say her, which honestly, that's a future twist of a season I would like. The next queen that gets eliminated, the recently eliminated queen, should come back and judge. Come on, bitter session. I would love I would it. love it. That would oh, be amazing. That would be so good. <sighs> Like, make it an all-star season twist. That way, like, if if you want to play with this voting out system, let them come back and say what they really want to say to you the next mm-hmm. week. That, oh, that would be an awesome. Oh, that would right. be so awesome. The alarm sounds with a message from Mama Roo letting them know drag is not a contact sport, but it is a pageant. Um, I'm sure I've seen you in a pageant before, haven't I? I have. I think I've done two of them. They're not fun. Nope, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> they are not fun. Not well, fun at all. Arrives and bitch, once again, she is serving, this time in nude, the shoe every week. There's going to be no mini challenge this week. We're heading straight to the maxi challenge. This will make Eva sad as the mini challenges are the only way she's making money in this competition. It's funny because she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah. I was just like, no mini challenge. And especially when she said, this is going to be a one day challenge, I'm like, didn't they already have a one-day challenge this yes. season? I was yes. like... The design challenge. Yeah, the design challenge was only one day, too. I'm like, did they really cut, like... This is one of those, like, they filmed it in two weeks theories, where it's like... Literally. Um, whatever they say, like, oh, last week, I'm like, that was filmed in one day. You did not have six days off, girls. You guys were filming, like, back-to-back-to-back. You might have had tomorrow off, but then you're back the next day. Mama Pal reveals that the Maxi Challenge, they will show off their confidence, beautiful acting prowess with heart in the most extravagant beauty pageant from Drag Race Philippines. It's Miss Shutaka, queen of them all, beauty pageant. Yes. The beauty circuit is, in the Philippines, a very big deal. And we'll discuss the Miss Universe Mm -hmm. of it all a little bit later. 
Yep. Uh, they will each portray a pageant queen stereotype as they decide how to portray their character. Mama Pal will reveal that, haha, resident choreographer Douglas Nieris will be there to terrify <laughs> them once again. Yes. Now, to make things very crystal clear, the winner of the Miss Shutaka Queen pageant will not automatically be the winner of the episode. Though, if the way they do it does determine how some of these winners get selected on these shows, I wouldn't be surprised. But more on that reveal later. Yep. Um, as you mentioned, it is a one-day challenge. Good luck, bitches. Oh, and since it's pageant day, they will be joined by extra special guest judge Miss Universe 2015, Pia Wurzbach. For those who may have forgotten, Miss Philippines was the rightful winner of Miss Universe 2015, but Miss Columbia was announced as the winner when Steve Harvey announced the wrong name. An iconic moment in pop culture history. I was wondering, I didn't look her up, but I was like, wait, was she the one that they made the mistake on? And I was like, oh, oh yep, it was her. Okay. That's hilarious. Oh, yeah, because it's all a fucking setup for that moment, but mm-hmm. we have to get there because there's a very long episode first. <laughs> it's such a long episode. The thing was, it probably, it was not, I don't think it's the longest one still. I think it was like short by like a minute or two, yeah. but it was still like, this felt like the longest episode ever. Yeah. Well, it's time to start reading the script and deciding who will be playing which pageant queen. Uh, before we get into who they selected, which role would you have selected? I think I probably would have wanted either... I don't know. Probably... I think I probably would have done really good at Miss Tacky. Oh, them fighting words right there. I think Tacky would have been good because it's like you could have a lot of fun with it because you don't necessarily have to be polished but you just have to be polished enough so basically you're saying miss tacky is chola spears (laughs) i did not say that as as a future miss rock bar contestant i will not be saying anything wrong about the current miss rock bar i love you chola no it's true she is someone who is polished in her own special way it's not like stunningly oh my god everything is perfectly in place there's a purpose to it and that's why we well, love I th- yeah. Chola. I think you would say the same with Zalika. Zalika Parsons has that same like, it's not tacky. Everything's perfectly in place, but it's not like the quintessential of what you would consider. Let's not give Zalika more airtime. She loves when we talk about her. She's probably listening now. I love you, Zalika. <laughs> Alright, Marina will be taking on the slutty flirty role because no one else picked it. Fittingly, Silhouette will be the upstager. Uh, Which is pretty- the- which is surprising. I thought they would have fought. I thought more girls would have fought over the bitch role than the other roles because we had girls fighting over tacky and airhead. But it was like the bitch was like, "I'll take it. We're good." Silhouette is ready to outshine them all. Uh, of course you are, sweetie. Of course you are. That's what you're <laughs> trying to do all season long. Venus wants the nervous queen because she panics in real life, so she can do it on stage. And I'm like, "Me too. I get you." Minty thinks she can act a bitch, even though she says she's not. So she will be the Shutaka queen. The tacky queen becomes a battle between Eva and Brigadine. Eva thinks she should have it because she has tattoos. Brigadine thinks that she can let loose and have fun by playing tacky and reckless. Eva will do some internal monologuing and will give Brigadine the role. Eva has decided that she will go for stateside for her role. She's been in OFW before, so it fits her. And Morgana wants to play the airhead queen. She's told by Precious that she has to be very pretty. Girl, we're not even at the reading challenge yet. Oh, I cannot wait for the reading challenge. These girls are going to be vicious. 
Precious thinks she's better suited for the role, but Morgana thinks she's a ditz too. Precious will get her way with a game of rock, paper, scissors, a thing that we do on all the shows apparently now. Um, exactly, yeah. This leaves Morgana with the goody two-shoes. And there we have it. The rules are set. No surprises, really. No, it was very straightforward. It wasn't, and there were not a lot of fights because sometimes you'll get moments where it's like, no, I want it. Like, at least I didn't have to do a, a what is it, um, audition for it like some girls have done in, the, in seasons past now. It was more of a rock, paper, scissors, or in Australia, paper, scissors, was it, was it paper, scissors, rock? That's it. Yep. Well, the queens walk onto the main stage, and I kid you not, the apprehension. Like, they were walking into gym class with a drill sergeant. Oh, wait, they are. They are. Douglas will start them off with a parading pattern, which is typical for a pageant. You know, how they walk through each other and smile huge, like they're trying way too hard. Oh, yes. Now, of course, the first person to get a lashing is... Not minding the space and i'm like she deserved it i don't know why but like she just looked terrified and scared and I'm like, he deserved this bitch he looked like a frightened child the entire time she was on that stage um precious who would win in a fight douglas nearis or abby lee miller abby lee she fights dirty she is a nasty bitch Marina is slaying the rehearsal. She's graceful, but the others are not throwing in the towels yet. Precious didn't think the choreo would be so hard, but high kicks. They got high kicks. Um, she tries to laugh through it, but Douglas and Silhouette are just not having it. Not at all. Now, if we have Marina saying this week was harder than the Rusical bitch, it must be something. But then we watch it and I was like, oh, it's a day. So that's probably why it's hard. I, that's what I was thinking. I'm all, the Rusical choreography was difficult. But I'm all, this was just a lot to learn in a short amount of time. Because normally you have a period of time to like rehearse, rehearse, rehearse before you actually do it. But this was more about how you rehearse, go change. Now you're doing the thing. And you're like, I don't think I even have anything. I don't know if I would have retained any of this information. Same. Like, now, after a quick rehearsal, the girls are back in the workroom with Marina singing a bit of We Are the Pageant Queens from the season six musical. Uh, what a throwback. Yeah. For whatever reason, the producers thought, you know, what would be fun to demoralize the girls? Show them pictures of their first time in drag. How rude to them, but amazing for us. Oh, um, love Because they usually do that whenever they do the uh, queen interviews with preseason. They'll always do a thing where it's like, hi, the queens react to their first time in drag photos. <laughs> what does yours look like? Mine was the fir- my first official time. Well, I did a friend. I was avant-garde's birthday when she debuted as avant-garbage. Um, I had dressed up in drag there. But that was like really like, ooh, bad. But the first time I like tried to be pretty, I did a Halloween where I literally had a tag on my back that says Booger Queen Realness. So I went like, I wore, it was a wig that, I, a child's wig. I got at Walgreens for a dollar. It was like, I did my makeup in a dark corner. It was really bad. And so that was like first time in drag. And then the second time was like, I did Rocky Horror. So I had someone do my makeup to be like, make me pretty. There we go. So Venus is called a horse. Not wrong. <laughs> Uh, Minty is like, this was not my first time in drag. So, girl, you got lucky. Mm-hmm. Eva's Frodo is from a charity show for breast cancer in Indonesia. We love to see it. Lady Morgana's photo is from when she was 14 years old, which is wild because that's like half of her lifetime, which got me thinking. I was like, never would drag have been a thing when I was that age. 
Also, no. it's prior to Drag Race because we're dating ourselves over here. But <laughs> we also learned that her Maryland photo is from seven years later, which was when she was 21 years old. So this miss really has been doing it for a long time. She has been. We're going to get a snippet teaser of a charity that they will be sponsoring. Uh, it's the Golden Gaze, which is a nonprofit organization for elderly queer people. Precious shares that once or twice a year, they visit the Golden Gaze. She last visited with Eva. And she says she reaches out to them as they don't have shows or entertainment, so why not? Do we have that kind of anything like that in America? Or do we just hate our elderly gays? I think we hate our elderly in general. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I know there are projects that like that do uh, that work with elderly gay men. Uh, uh-huh. but I yeah, I don't know about drag. I guess I don't know. I guess kind of like the not the pageant. Um, Imperial Court, I guess, I think they do a lot of work with the elderly. Sure. I might be wrong. Bella, tell us! <laughs> Remember when Bella was dating Paul? God, so long ago. <laughs> I still don't know what happened, so if anyone wants to give me the tea on that one, I would love that. Oh, that's hysterical. Alright, Lady Morgana uh, shares that she hosts birthday shows at home for the aged in Devau. Um, she does it for free and just sings oldie songs. If you had to sing oldie songs for old people, what would you sing? Oh, that seems to be my repertoire now because I keep as I'm as I'm getting older, I'm finding songs that are like from like uh, older generation, like and being like, oh, you were resonating with me like I've never resonated before. But I think I would, I think basically, I think for us oldies would be like the fifties, sixties. So uh-huh. I guess it, yeah, so it'd be like. I guess like Leslie Gore, Patsy Cline. I think that would be the vein uh, uh-huh. of it. Like that, I think yeah, that would be where I would go. My mind would go. But now kids today are like oldies. That's the eighties, right? And like shut up, you truck. Shut <gasps> up, you is, children. Yeah, no, I I would try to do a duet with myself and do um, um, get happy and happy days uh, oh. as, by myself. I'll, maybe with puppets. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, ventriloquism. It's real. <laughs> Lady Morgana reveals that she is super close to her grandma and she might actually be her grandma's favorite. And I was like, wow, you just throw your uh, cousins and siblings right under the bus. Go, good for you. Oh, I said that all the time. I knew I was one of my grandparents' favorite. I was like, mm-hmm. She's ready to embody the role of Goody Two Shoes as long as it doesn't land her on the bottom. And that, my friends, is now a kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. We're going to watch Brigadine starts to get in character and struggle. She doesn't know how to play the tacky queen, but... I bet you're regretting the decision now, aren't you, Miss Brigadine? Bitch, you literally <laughs> spoke about going abroad to perform in your Meet the Queens. You should have let Eva be the tacky queen as you literally are the stateside queen. She is. She taught That was her whole Meet the Queens about how she travels the world. And also her tacky queen felt like more like butch queen first time in drag. Like she was yeah. trying like really hard to be butch, not tacky. So it, it read completely the wrong way. Now, Silhouette will monologue about how the girls don't see her as a threat because she's not a seasoned performer, but she says what shaped her is the basic foundation of female impersonation, beauty pageants. She says if there's one thing that she can beat them at, it's this. I just I just don't get what she's trying to do on the show because it's not the editing. This is her. She is a very, very guarded person. Mm-hmm. And the way she projects it is saying, I am this person. You will respect me for being this person. And it just comes off as nasty to people who don't really know her. Yeah, I think that's been that's the vibe that has been 
being shown is like whenever she talks, it has she has monologues. It's she can never give a straight answer. It's always this is my answer and the reasons why behind it. But it's yeah, very it's how she, I think she I think it might be just how she grew up where no matter what she did, it might she may have not been seen as worthy. So she's very defensive when she is like that. So I, I, I get, I can see where she's coming from. But yeah, when she's doing her talking heads, it's a lot of like, you're getting, you're coming across very bitchy. Yeah. Well, since it is a one day challenge, we're off to the main stage already. Uh, we have Mama Pow and quite possibly one of the worst looks a host has ever worn on any Drag Race franchise. Like it I didn't, didn't get this right. look at all. The cross was not centered. It just looked bad. I, I won't know. Yeah, I was like, why did she need the cross? I was like, if it was like just that green color, I oh, probably right. might have liked it a little bit more. Uh, yeah, but it was it was a weird fit. Yeah, her outfit, her even her looks as a boy, she, her sense of style. I don't. I'm not a fan of it. Like yeah. she, I'm not. And the thing is, I think um, I don't. I think because I get it, it's her first season. But there's something about, I think she's still trying so hard that I'm like, she's not relaxed. Yeah. And if it gets a season two, hopefully going through it once, she can be a little more relaxed going forward. But yeah, she, there's still, uh, she is not my favorite so far. We have Khaled Karen, Jiggly Caliente, Rajo Laurel, and Miss Columbia. Psych! It's actually <laughs> yeah. a worse spot. She's on the right show. Um, she's mm-hmm. a true sport living through that nightmare for an entire fucking episode. Good for her. I think I think that she I think she knew back in 2015 that this was going to live with me for a while, maybe forever. So if I don't run with the joke, it's it's never it's just going to be a constant. So I think I think she's now gotten to the point now that it's been like seven years that she's like, yes, it happened. I lived with it. Let's 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 go. All right, we're going to start with the pageant and then do the runways and critiques. And baby, this was the longest maxi challenge in the history of the show. Like, <laughs> it was a full-on fucking pageant. It um, was. There was still an hour of show left. Most of the episodes we watch nowadays are about an hour. Yep. We surpassed that with just this fucking episode before the main stage. Like, it just didn't. It didn't compute to me. This was a lot. This is only like the second time they've done like a pageant like this type episode because Canada did in season one, but that was also like six girls. So we were like, and the format was completely different where this is eight girls and they followed, it was was trying to be like if you're watching a pageant on TV and not like make a spoof of the pageant. Right, because they have a very different reverence for pageants and I understand that. So. Before we begin, there are a lot of inside jokes within this challenge. If you go to the Reddit reference page, they will explain a lot more, like the names and places and such. I will only highlight anything that is of major importance or confusion, but go to the Reddit page. They will explain a lot of the names, the references, um, and understand why the Filipino audience was the target audience for this challenge. Exactly. We're going to go through the highlights and the lowlights and leave out a lot because a lot, a lot have happened. Um, But live from manila and not the drag queen <laughs> i was like wow we're going in heavy here um poor manila luzon i bet she oh. watches every single episode and is like i fucked up i shouldn't have done my own show 
right when they were going to announce this one. I think she would have been an amazing host for it. her and Jiggly as the host of the show. Oh my god, it would have been amazing. Yep. All right, we're gonna start. Well, I wonder. The- I wonder is that why they're not doing it on because the chop has all or the show she does with the trees. They've been doing all the recaps for the international shows, but they haven't done Philippines. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I wonder if they're boycotting Philippines. Hey, it's possible. I mean, I've, Manila has been very vocal and very supportive. Yeah. Um, she even did a photo shoot recently with Jiggly. Like, you're yeah. not going to deny your sisters. It's not their fault. It was the, the company. Yeah. So. We're going to start with an opening number with all the queens wearing red dresses. Now, were they supposed to be lip syncing? Because only like five of them were. That's what I thought, because right when it started, the first, like, two girls to come out weren't lip-syncing. Then the third one was, and I was like, wait, so was it a dance challenge? Was it a dance lip-sync challenge? It was just, like, a mess. It was a mess from the moment it started. And I guess it's, like, in a way, this episode was, it's, it's such a train wreck that I guess it could be good, but I still, it's still, like, bottom tier for me in regards yeah. to it. Also in the world of choices. Braiding, exactly. Wearing terrible black booties. Eva is once again wearing those silver knee highs. Um, why do we notice those? Because they're front and fucking center. She's right up front. Mm-hmm. Overall, this opening number showed a lot of the queens relied on their characters um, to not get the choreo. Uh, you could tell that this was done in, in less than a day. Oh, yeah. Eva is not thrilled with her dancing as she feels she like murdered Douglas's choreo. And she says, well... She see him again? She hopes not, but I'm going to predict yes. Yes. He's, he's got a cot in the back. He is staying. Mm-hmm. No, he'll say? definitely be doing the final four exactly. number and everything. And, yep. and listen, the way she's being shown, uh, she's not, not going to be in the finals. It's just, it's, she, she's, she's there. She's doing yep. very well. All right. It's time to meet our queens. So this first line they each say is pretty enlightening uh, when it comes to the character. And, and we're going to see how they did. Lady Morgana says, a pleasant evening to you all. This is Lady Morgana, fresh and sweet, goody two-shoes queen number one, who lives by the saying of candidates number two to eight. <laughs> That's what the airhead would say, but okay, fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. She should have been like, with feelings, because she always says that. Right. Minty Fresh says, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Antipatica May Pat Sentino, a 21-year-old stunner hailing from the place where the most beautiful woman lives my house i live by the saying you're just you're a, just a bitch i'm a super bitch and all these candidates look like witches okay I, there was promise here there, there was yep. some hope uh precious paul and nicole attention my name is precious gl nicole and i am not sure what my age but i think i'm 18 years old and i come from the land of the sun the moon and the sea moon sun sea i live by the saying that an invisible cock hides behind a thick and dense bush <laughs> Is that a merch? Does she have that on merch yet? I thought it was hysterical. You know, she was so good this entire episode. Excellent. And I think it was her runway was the oh, only reason was. why she didn't win. Absolutely. Silhouette. Um, after making a magic stick appear, says, good evening, everyone. My name is Maria Ik Ik Matik, Matinik, ageless years old, the upstager queen from the city of darkness. I leave you with the saying, with the, when the jockey races ahead, the horse follows. <laughs> okay. I, they were coming. They were just some of the stuff that was popping out of these girls' mouths was just like hysterical because it's like this makes no sense. Yeah, but Marina's, apparently it makes sense. 
It's a, right. Marina says, Mabu, hi. Long live the sleeping eggs. My name is Ellen with a mystical bird, 69, Miss Skenki from the lusty city of the Philippines, Talabu Aklan. I live by the saying, not everything that tastes good should be eaten. In short, not me. Find someone else. But if the crown is at stake, I can do it nonstop. <laughs> she a slut. She a hoe. She a slut. Mm-hmm. Venus says, my name is Maria Kabutatuan. Your nervous Siva from the land of Tardy, late land, who lives by the saying, what good is the grass when Marina Summers is here? <laughs> it would have been fine if Marina announced her name as Marina, but she didn't, so it didn't work. It wasn't, yep. Mm-hmm. Brigading says, what's up? What's up, my idols? I'm Sasha Bagna, the tacky queen from the shoe capital of the Philippines, Shoe Boulevard, who lives by the saying, if beauty were a sin, Canada number one, Lady Morgana, you're innocent. Cute, fine, not tacky. Not, yeah, Eva, not really tacky. Even full Valley Girl goes, Oh my God, what just happened? I still have jet lag. Hello, Manila. Oh my God, I miss you. My name is Lynn from Las Vegas. I'm 23 <laughs> years old. I'm your stateside queen from LA. Lower Antipolo, who lives by the saying, The jackpot you crave with a rich man, you'll get a taste. Lost in translation, but you know what? The characterization, the best out of everybody. Oh yeah, when she did, even when she uh, it had to look like when they were talking about who was going to be who, they did that little snippet of her being like, I get like when she's like, do I just talk like a valley girl? It was like something like that where I was like, oh, you, you got that like American affliction of like the stereotypical valley girl down perfectly. Not all Americans sound like that, so just want to make sure mm-hmm. everyone knows that. Well, I said stereotypical valley girl. Yeah, no, I know. It's, I know. A, cer- it's a certain type. Most when you, people, when they go American, they're like Southern. Um, yeah. That, well, I, I don't want to hear. I'm from Southern California originally, so the that Valley like, Girl is, is oh, So you're like Valley Girl? Like, get me a spoon, okay? Nah, all right. Uh, I'm very much gonna, an 80s Valley Girl. <laughs> we're going to head back into the dance because <laughs> why not? We got to go get dressed afterwards. Now, this fake pageant seems like a play that I wrote. Um, pageant Tales and Beauty Fails. Um, it's going to be hosted by John Santos as Steve Gravy, which is obviously played on Steve Harvey. Um, but let's discuss this. The microphone did not work. I cannot believe they didn't have a lava mic on him as well as the handheld mic. They didn't even try to fix this in post. The sound was so terrible. Well, like I was saying earlier, like the sound, the music scoring for the entire episode was off. It was like whoever was responsible for sound editing this episode was he doing it blindfolded like it was just it was just so bad i just don't understand how you could film this and not be like cut after hearing the tinniness of it like you have headphones for a reason whoever's on yeah. the show very strange um mm-hmm. the co-host is Colin karen who will attempt to make this all about her she'll share how the judges will be scoring which we know later makes literally no sense no sense it'll be a random draw uh but hey we're just trying to fulfill time here for fluff now, when we get to the swimsuit, I just got to say the back wall changed into a waterfall. And it's like, I want that for my room. Oh, my God. That was so oh, the back wall. Honestly, the back uh, wall was the star of the, of the entire episode. And I was, was like, gorgeous. you win. Um, well, you win this episode. As we do the swimsuit round, um, we are going to learn some facts about the queens. <laughs> Lady Morgana in a yellow suit with a giant wet spot. Yes, that was a giant wet spot on her bathing suit. Um, her vital statistics are 34. 26, 36, with a body raised for the power of two equals syntax error. 
My favorite hobbies are eating chocolate and various sweetened rice cakes. And my advocacies are to teach people love, kindness, peace all over the universe. Okay. Minty is on her phone as she says her vital statistics are none of your business. My favorite hobbies are slapping, punching, glaring, and swearing. So fuck you. And then she almost runs into the set piece. (laughs) That was funny. Precious says her vital statistics are 140 over 80, which is funny because that's your blood pressure. And it's like, that is good improv. That was perfect improv. Uh, my occupation is single and heartbroken. Oh, wait. Beauty queen at night. Stuntman in the morning. Tired during the day. And it's like, <laughs> I feel seen. Um, she says, my advocacy is I will make sure to ban Q&As in the beauty pageants. It's a beauty pageant. Why does there have to be a Q&A? Facts. Facts. Silhouette says my stand-up figure 20, 34, 24, no more, sharing my hobbies, scaring people, eating bones, sleeping with my eyes open, and I've always been an advocate of safety first. So remember, boys, shoot from the outside, not inside. And again, I was like, how does this fit your character, the upstager? I know her hobbies were like silhouette as a witch. Right, it didn't make and the, sense. And then, yeah, the shoot in outside, not inside. I'm like, okay, so she likes to be calmed on. And, uh, but yeah, it doesn't really fit like an upstart. Like, no, her, this, her characterization that, was also a weird one, too. Yeah, Mar- Marina's vital statistics are 36, 24, 36, standing five, six tall, seven inches long. I have a charity called free services from Ellen exclusively for basketball players along the U-Belt area. My most, most embarrassing <laughs> moment in life is because of how slutty I am. I accidentally matched my dad on Grinder, and we're both bottoms. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> it was funny, not because of what she said, but because it was coming out of Marina's mouth. Yeah. Venus comes out with a swimsuit in hand and dress barely on. Very funny bit. Vital statistics are 40, 40, 40, like the measurements of a Coca-Cola body, coconut can. My advocacy is free electric fans for the sweaty ones and the nervous ones. Uh, one of my favorite facial features is my mouth. It puffs and blows like an exhaust pipe, but it smells like ass. <laughs> what? Hearing you read them, I think is more funner, is, is like way more funnier to me than, I, than actually watching it on the episode. <laughs> Right, because it's me interpreting what I, I, I saw and heard. Because it doesn't make sense to me. It's not it doesn't sense make sense. Me. It didn't make sense. It was just like... That being said. And I'm, not, and I'm not sure if a lot of it was the lost in translation, because as we know, the people who do the subtitles on, the, on these shows don't give a shit. Exactly. Now, the one thing she did say is um, electric fans for the sweaty ones. Yes, I would like a free electric fan, please. Mm-hmm. Or a twink to fan me. I'll take that one, too. Whichever works out. Whichever more is efficient and price. <laughs> uh, Brigadang brings a bag on stage because. Tacky. Vital, vital statistics are what are vital signs? Can I eat them? My occupation is nothing. Loitering all day and drinking all night. My advocacy is a salary for the slackers. And it's like, okay, that I can get behind too. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Eva stands five foot eight inches and the eight inches when lying down. My vital statistics are 36, 28, 40, inclusive of taxes and 12% VAT. My eyes are as blue as the Pasek River, and my hair is as dry as my pussy. I am a self-proclaimed vegan. My favorites include lettuce and vegan sausage, which is actually an actual Filipino meat. So you're not really vegan. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to next move into the evening gown um, this time. We're not going to cover for time because that's just silly. It's an edited TV show. 
Exactly. I just can't believe they forced them to bring stunning gowns, not for a runway, but for this. Yes. I hope they were in their closets. I hope these were things they had in their closet that they just brought with them. Because in when Lady Morgana said, I brought this gown with me, hope it works for the Miss Goody Two Shoes, it was like, oh, that was part of their package was like a swimsuit, bring a gown. Bring a gown. And then, like, because I'm pretty sure the outfits they wore uh, for their just intro, the red was probably provided to them sure. by the, the company. And they, and you know what? They probably didn't bring a big girl size. That's why they had Tori and leave last week. Um, That's something I thought about too. This this season, the first two people who went home, I was like, okay, it seems fitting. But these last couple episodes you really started to feel that production was like, oh yeah, this person's expir- expiry date is here. This person's here. We don't care how good they are. We're just going to move them along. Because even in the judging critiques, Morgana has a talking head that says, it felt like they were saying goodbye. Yeah. Like it was like they were already, like they already knew she was not, she was not staying past this episode. But uh, yeah, so I'm like, it really would suck if you were making your package together and you make a gown and this is what you're using it for. Yeah. All right. Lady Morana was stunning in white. Uh, she is candidate number one, a former candidate number two. Yeah, that, was, that, was funny. That, <laughs> that was funny. I did like that one. And it didn't even come from them. It came from Cal Karen. Oh. Again with her phone, but I love the silver with the beading on it. Very pretty. Um, and then fucking precious Paula Nicole in that stunning blue gown that would have won any pageant. Uh, it was stunning. Like that could have been the crowning gown for drag race. Like, good but what made this entire bit was her non-stop twirling to get off stage she was just she was so, so perfect she was so committed to the role silhouette with the spiky dress was not for a pageant but a great runway marina was in character aren't you glad her pussy was on display <laughs> venus finally got that gown on but she's holding it in the back because i was gonna it was gonna fall very funny bit Brigadine had a gorgeous yellow gown. Uh, it was just not in line with the character. And Eva was stunning in the silver dress with the jewels. Prom queen realness. And now, it's finally time for the dread question and answer portion, which is literally a line of my play. So, just gonna say that. They have 25.9 seconds to answer the question before the sound of a screaming person starts to play. That was terrifying. I don't ever want to hear that sound again. But I'm going to tell Team Rock Bar that's what they should do at um, Mix Rock Bar. <laughs> a screaming baby. You, you've talked Honestly, about it. It's in line with Rock Bar. It makes sense. <laughs> All right. The queens have to put on their headphones. And the fact that Precious can't figure out how to do it, priceless. Priceless. That was perfect improv. Like, it was. It was just because that was the whole. That's also. One of the challenges in the in this performance is when you're not the focal point, are you staying in character? Exactly. And a lot of girls weren't. All right, Lena Morgana's question is: Do you think these beauty pageants are still relevant? She says yes, it is relevant because it is existing nowadays. And of course, we have the purpose to join this pageant 
We have the experience to share what we are doing in this pageant. And of course, we have a platform to raise an advocacy. Improv is not her game. Nope. Mm-mm. I was like, what are these words you're saying? They're actually just words put together that make no sense. Well, earlier in the episode, Eva made it, made, had said that she took an, an improv class before coming. And I was, and I thought, like, that was smart. Um, a, a lot of queens, especially nowadays, there's been enough seasons of Drag Race that you know what type of challenges are going to happen. So if you're not a seamstress, take a sewing class to like at least learn how to a basic construct an outfit. If you're not a dancer, take a dance class to at least get gear so comfortable with like the ones and twos. And if you're not uh, comfortable like with comedy, take an improv class. Or, you know, if you have friends that are in the comedy or comedy uh, comedians, discuss with them about like, how do you make things funny? Like, I need to you open can up use drag those you. Exactly. I, I could te- like I teach people for free with this podcast of what you should be doing. So maybe maybe I should open like a like a little um side school. Um, mm-hmm. Michael's like, school for girls. Or just drag you. <laughs> Mincy's question is if you have a chance to debate with a homophobic person, what would you say? She says, first of all, I will tell a homophobic person, you motherfucker. Second, you need new brains. And third, it feels good to be gay. And I say, no, it doesn't, not all the time. Maybe for you when you're pretty and beautiful and thin, but not not for everybody. Mm-hmm. Bitch. <laughs> All right. Precious has to be assisted over to the stage after being assisted to take the headphones off. Her question is, what is the most important issue this generation is facing? She says the important issue that we are facing right now is the discrimination because they always discriminate me that I'm stupid sometimes, but it's fine. It happens and it's okay to make mistakes because to be a Miss Universe and both honor and responsibility. If I were to be Miss Universe, it will be my influence to the youth. I would raise awareness to certain causes like HIV awareness and is timely and relevant to my country, which is the Philippines. I want to show the world and scream and pat sound. Um, Pia was dying at the reaction because she knows this answer. She This this is the typical pageant answer. Yep. You have this amount of time, you have to say everything in it and you just speed right through it. Speed right through it. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Silhouette's question is, what will you say to a parent who won't accept a child that is a member of the LGBTQIA community? She says the way to accept a child, if you cannot accept your child, is for you to look in front of the mirror and look at yourself. Because if you cannot accept your child, then definitely you cannot accept yourself. And again, I say, how is this in line with character? A lot of them, I think, a lot of them just answered the question as if it was themselves. Yeah, not 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 remembering. It's like it's the improv is how would this character respond, not has how I would respond. Or you can be like, okay, if I respond this way, I can try to tweak it to like help with my character. Marina is jamming to the music before she is screamed out to answer her question. Her <laughs> question is from the panel of judges. If you could flirt with someone, how will you do it, and who will you pick, and why? She says, "I will choose Miss Pia Wurzbach because I also have a good back." Oh, wait, wait, wait. That wasn't her actual question. She got a double one? Okay. <laughs> her actual question is, if you were a god for one day, how would you change the world? She says to be a god is to be the creator and would create a world where negativity and discrimination and hate could not prosper so that we could live all our lives to the fullest and be ourselves and without any hesitations and with any doubt. Okay, that didn't fit the character either. That you know, that fit the character. Her first answer fit the character, but that wasn't even the real question. Exactly. 
Venus's question is how different would the world be if women were to rule the world and why? She says, I actually think women are already ruling the world right now because men trust women and the men like women and women act in their emotion and men fall for that. So I think the world will change if gay people are the ones to rule the world. I mean, facts are facts. Mm-hmm. It'll be a much fabulous place. Everything. Put glitter on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> Brigadine's question is, what would you tell a child and a very interesting child from the street asks about LGBTQ plus IA community? She says, child, the LGBTQIA plus community is a community, a bond, a group, a rapport formed by members of the LGBTQIA community. There are lesbians, transgenders, gays, oh my, but simply put, those who aren't straight. We should understand them and love them. We should accept them. <laughs> no, wasn't it? And Eva's question is, have you ever been bullied? If so, how did you handle it? She says, yes, I have been bullied, not by anyone, but by myself. I believe that the very worst villain and saboteur that we could have is ourselves. How I dealt with it is also within me. And I was like, oh my God, inner saboteurs made it to Philippines. <laughs> well, did I, I'm not, have they brought that up yet? Because I know like Gigi had a lot of when she was in her feelings, like for an episode. I don't know if they've, if they said the inner saboteur, the quote unquote inner saboteur. I think we have. I think it's been mentioned yeah. once. I think Gigi might have mentioned it, but. It's time for the results. Where they're actually just going to pull numbers from like a bingo lottery machine. Uh, this was so stupid. I just was it, like, you just wasted all this time. It, it was just kind of proving the point of, did they not have an idea? And was it just like scrambling? Or was it just like, we're going to put ideas in the hat and we're going to pull them out. And that's how we're going to do this episode. Yep. All right. Winning not so fresh flowers from Donghua is number seven. Brigading last place, bitch. Sixth runner-up is number six, Venus, who gets flowers. Fifth runner-up gets a sack of rice, and it's number one, Lady Morgana. That looks heavy. Um, very silly bit. Is she all rice? Fourth runner-up is number two, Minty, who gets flowers. Third runner-up gets a special prize known as a year supply of glass noodles. It's number five, a.k.a. Marina. Second runner-up will win an all-expense-paid trip for two in... 2042. The lucky traveler is number four, aka Silhouette, uh, but Precious will walk forward thinking it was her. <laughs> Again, great bit. It's down to Precious and Eva, who will win the crown. Well, Miss Horseback uh, comes up to be the crown to crown the winner. Of course, this is just Mama Pow with the pun name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The runner-up is number eight, Eva, but Precious thinks she's a loser. The airhead finally realizes she won. The crown is on her head, but wait! There's a mistake. Oh, it's Miss Universe all over again. The wrong name has been announced. Oops, I did it again. The real winner is the real Pia Wurzbach. And there it is. A long punchline that lasted nearly 30 minutes of the show was to crown the real Miss Pia. And also, too... When they announced the mini challenge, and she said, "Not the if you win the mini, if you win the pageant, doesn't mean you're going to win the mini challenge or win the maxi challenge." Is because it was not going to be a winner. It was always going to be Pia, and yep. they were going to choose a winner based on a random draw. So it was stupid. I mean, it, it again. This was very dumb for us. It probably hit harder for the people in the Philippines. Which this is your show. We're we're just the spectators watching it from yeah. Um. 
overall on a scale of one to ten, you would give this challenge a two. Bloop, there it is. And now for the actual drag race part of the show is the runway. Mm -hmm. Yep, I would say this is probably, yeah, this has been their worst episode. Or I think for for me, watching it, this has been my least favorite. So, and it's probably one of like, it will probably go down as probably one of the worst in the franchises. Um, But hopefully they bounce back next week. All right, category is Pink Puck Boom. In honor of the runway, we will play two in the pink, one in the stink. Uh, <laughs> Lady Morgana. Okay, so two, okay, just so two in the pink is good, one in the stink is bad. Of course. Okay. All right. Lady Morgana, no design is listed. Like she says, she doesn't like pink, but that doesn't mean you have to come out in something that has no taste. The dress itself was strangely crafted. Like, what was the one-legged Capri fantasy? If that's the future, I will die. Don't sign me up. The headpiece was an arts and crafts look. The hair could have been cool if it was displayed better, but the top curls that weren't fully dyed pink just made it look like a blonde wig that got messed up. I don't know if she was trying to be like, give it like a flamingo vibe. Like the whole like one leg up like you know out the headpiece i think was the only thing i liked about it but uh yeah as a whole um and her makeup looks nice but as a whole the look itself was just bad and also just that miss vanjie glitter that's just on random spots your body i hate it so much please stop that trend Raho says he loves her so much because she brings so much lightness and personality and pains him to say he was disappointed he says that she forgot that she must cinch her waist. Come on, Hogbody! In the beauty pageant, he felt it was one note. He wanted more flair and personality. Jiggly liked her performance, but it was inconsistent. She said it went in and out, and her voiceover sounded bratty. To her, Goody Two Shoes is so nice that people think you're fake as fuck. On the runway, there is a distant connect with a headpiece in the costume and the cut of the pant of a leg instead of a full legging. She says it's a pity because she is so funny. It is one in the sink. I will join you in the stink. Audience, 14% two in the pick, 86% one in the stink. Next up is Minty Fresh. Look by Al Ray Rosano, hair by Jess, jewels by Venomance. This was an easy way for a fashion girl to serve fashion, and that's what she did. The gown was extraordinary. It's nice to serve, see her serve some volume. The boots were killer. The hair was fine. Uh, could have done without the clips. A small necklace would have been nice, but the bust was just beautiful already. This was really beautiful. Well, she was holding the rosary the entire time, too. So I think it's like, I don't know if she would have worn it. It might have been better because she did need something around her neckline. Um, but yeah, it's like, I, I like the look. I like that, like, kind of like, it kind of like gives some sort of like, it kind of looks like a, a rose in a way, like kind yeah. of like a rose that's kind of like coming apart. Yeah. But overall, I thought it was like, I thought she looked nice, but it was like it was gonna do enough to like make her pass the episode. It's a two in the pink for me. Two in the pink. Audience, ninety-five percent two in the pink, five percent one in the stink. Next up, precious Paula Nicole, look by Just Coast the Ball. She would have won the week if she did not come out looking like this. What a Thanks. fucking mess! It's a terrible leotard with a horse head. Like, again, was this arts and crafts this week? It was all just constructed so poorly that I wasn't even sure of the goal for the look, aside from trying to tell us a story about horse carriages. Uh, it may or may not have glowed in the dark. I'm not quite sure. You know, it, I think it might have glowed. I, I might, the horse piece may have glowed in, glowed in the dark because it looks like there is some color on it on top. Yeah, but, yeah like... 
when she walked out, I was like, interesting concept, but I'm like, I don't know if she was trying to do like a horse, like horse and carriage kind of play off that. I'm like, I think she should have done like a voluminous skirt to kind of play off the horse on top. It's now I, the horse is now riding me kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's like from the, yeah, no, I think honestly just the headpiece was the only thing I liked about it, but nothing else. Gail will say they are nitpicking because everything she has done is so good. She was dying of laughter. She says so many moments she was watching her and it was so natural. And even in moments that were not hers, she was still in character. She loved the headphone bit. And when she stepped forward, when someone else was called, she says she always thinks of ways that she can portray the character without stealing the spotlight. Cal and Karen says she's the best in improv as she took them to a different level. She says her antics were repetitive. Weren't repetitive. I will give this. I love you. But no, it's a one in the stink. Yeah, I will also say one in the stink. Audience, 10% two in the pink. 90% one in the stink. Silhouette. No designers listed. She may have had designers, but I just can't get through her fucking social media. It is a fucking novel. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. We always, I always say, like, she can't give a simple answer. Oh, my God. I can only imagine what her Instagram posts are like. Well, it's because she also does the thing where it's the when she doesn't look, it's three black squares, the full photo, and then nine or 12 squares of the look. It's like, I don't care enough to want to follow along. But yep. I will give you credit, girl. I love the cut of this dress. This is fashion to the max. The top is exceptional. Picking blonde was the right choice for her and pairing it with the pink lip. This was the first time I'm seeing Silhouette really show a different side of her. Sexy couture. Yeah, I will agree there. It's and I liked how it's because the first time she gave us something different was was the horror ball, uh, the one with off uh, with the girl group right. challenge, and they had told her, "Oh, this was the challenge you could have gone her natural thing." Was, and I think I said then was like it was kind of a double edged sword. But I, when she came up the runway here, I think being soft with this was the right choices. The blonde hair was was nice. And yeah, how this dress of construction did remind was have that did have that futuristic vibe that I think the category was asking for. So it was a high two in the pink for me. Yeah. Rajo says it's the best he's seen her in the whole competition. He says she looks like a million dollars with her presentation. He believes she was the upstager. He has no doubt that from here on forward she will rise and rise. He says normally she is scary and frightening, but now she's frighteningly amazing. Mm-hmm. Jiggly says she is the dark horse of the season that she did not see this coming. She is starting to come through and show that she is a force to be reckoned with. She says she was consistent with her characterization from start to finish, and the runway proves that you don't need to put rhinestones to look expensive. Nicole Noskby is shaking. She <laughs> says she can see this walking down a Paris runway. She says the simple change in hair color really does something to her whole aesthetic, and Mama Powell will ask her about how last time she was about to give up and wants to know what happened. Silhouette will say that the past few weeks, she had a really hard time. She wants to set an example that a drag mother like her would never give up. She had a very different feeling when she entered. She needs to think about everything minute and second now. And she is using this and the comments to move forward. She will now show her brand and who Silhouette is. Two in the pink. Oh, I already said it. Two in the pink, too. Audience 95%, two in the pink, 5%, one in the stink. Next up, Marina Summers, hair by Abigail Montgomery, look by Jamer, Ferry, Louis, and Kian Pascal. If you're looking for variety, this was it from her. 
She's very buttoned up and maternal with the floral print, but she's still serving you sexy. She's got no skin showing, but again, this is how hot she is. She can make this look hot. Oh, when she walked out, I was loving like the nod to the 60s. It has that kind of like, in a way, it has like a matronly vibe with the way she had the, um, what is it? Is it a shawl over her, over her hair? Yeah. How, you know, grandmas used to do it after they got their hair done. Like, I can't ruin the blow dry. Uh, I loved it. Like, it was just like a perfect, it was like a perfect end cap to what she was doing all episode. Rajo says she was crazy and loved the characterization of how horny she was and how she would throw herself at anyone. He thinks her makeup is incredible and how she is able to transform given the time they are given. He says it's flawless. He says the outfit is giving him Vivian Westwood vibes as it's campy and funny and unexpected. Even though she is covered up, he says she looks sensational. Mm-hmm. Helen Karen says she is still a top queen all the fucking time as she deserves it. She thinks she's talented in terms of dancing, writing, and improv skills. She says she always nails it and is always fashionable. She finds it look very chic in 1950s. She loves the silhouette and the waist detail and what she did with her shoes. She likes that she is fun and how it's infectious. Mama Pal says that they appreciate that she gives them something new and variety. She says she's a great performer. And yes, she's a front runner here, two in the pink. Two in the pink. Audience, 90% two in the pink, 10% one in the stink. Venus Deluxe, look by Miko Mendoza Calvin Aquino Barrios. She went camp, and I guess that was a bad thing for the judges. Was this high fashion? No, it's high camp. I love the in-bed look with the robe and the rollers and the face mask. Like, literally, Glam Glow has that face mask that will turn your face into pink glitter. I know, because I've used it. Sorry to anyone I've ever sent those photos to, because yes, they are terrifying. (laughs) Um, Should she have shown what was underneath? Yes. Was it a deal breaker? No. I went from liking this look to hating this look to loving this look. So I it was I went I went all over the place. But I do think yeah I think if she had I think if she had started to do the reveal because she showed on the runway that she had the bodysuit under there and then at one point she had another wig on underneath. I think it would have been fun. You couldn't do anything other than the mask, but it could have been like a fun little like. I'm getting ready to go out kind of feel, but I enjoy, I do feel like she's shown that she has a camp sensibility to her drag. So I understood why she went this route, but it's that same thing where the judges praise one queen for changing it up or, and, or praises another queen for like, keep doing what they're doing. But then it's like the queen that they want something different from it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. He says she found her funny in the pageant because she could relate to her. Towards the Q&A, they had already seen the funny bits and she ran out of bullets. She is not sure about the look as it's not something they would see at a runway show, but would love to see when she removes the runners. Um, Mama Pal will say that she feels like she has a reveal and asks to see it, and Venus removes the robe to show her lingerie, and Mama Pal needs her spanking paddle. Uh, she will literally ask her what the fuck she was thinking. Mama Pal, shooting it like it is. Yep. She says she heard a lot of comments backstage, and Mama Pal's like, from who they're sabotaging you <laughs> Jiggly tells her that her best friend told her to take drag race seriously and she foolishly listened venus will ask for a replay and i say wish your best friend told you to take drag race seriously drag them name them who would jk so who was from new york what, I'm wondering if it was a queen that was already on the show or someone not that was just I'm like not on the I show. Think it is. If who do you think it is? With New York, previously on the show, season three, Manila Luzon. 
<laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> All right. Take it seriously. <laughs> I'm going to give this look a two in the pink. I appreciate camp. You know, I think on the poll, it was in the stink, but I'm going to change it for the for the interview. I'm going with the pink. Audience, 33% two in the pink, 67% one in the stink. All right, next we have Rigga-ding! Ding, 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 ding. Uh, hair by... I hate, I hate that that's considered her brand. A ding, oh, ding, it's ding. Stupid. It's stupid. Um, her hair is by Venus Deluxe. Look by the Alterior Acursa. Uh, she is not monochromatic, but she's a rock star. I think this was fun and exciting for her. It's a nice balanced princess with the tool in pink and the rocker with the black latex. Uh, it's a safe look. It, for Brigadine, it's a very safe look. I think if any other, I think if like if Minty had done this look, it would have been like, much, like it would have gone over really well. Or even if Marina did this, but I do think for Brigadine, it is kind of like a safe look. I do, I do enjoy when black and pink are used together. I like it's a that. Great I, combo. It's a great combo. It's a great contrast because it's also she did that for her Meet the Queens. She had the black and the the, the, and the pink look. I, I, the only thing I think I would have liked, maybe if she would have not done blonde hair and maybe done like maybe even a soft pink or even a vibrant pink to really like give you that punk rock edge. And I like, I like the look, but I think she, I think that one change would have like given her like 80s punk meets, meets, meets like prom. Mama Powell will ask her how it feels after five weeks to finally get critiques. She says, She's excited to hear what they should, uh, what she should have been hearing from the beginning. Jiggly will say that she almost met her expectations as there was inconsistencies with her performance. She says when she was not in the center, she was just there. She was expecting Miss Tacky to be more, but she became a break dancer. She tells her to be the natural brigading and not the brigading that they think she want, they want her to be. Rajo says that the minute she's on the stage, she should always be in full fighting mode because she sometimes dropped the ball. And they notice him. He says the sad part of her being safe all the time tends to make her forgettable, which is the biggest crime b- being a drag queen. Brigadine will say that she was laughing at herself that she's doing this. She says she's being told she's fake. She's not doing well enough. And she's forgettable. She's feeling bombarded. Mama Pal says they are saying this because they believe in her and know she's a superstar, but they haven't seen that yet. She tells her to take it all in and have fun. I'll give this a two in the pink. It's a two in the pink for me. Audience, 64% two in the pink, 36% one in the sink. And finally, Eva LaQueen, look by Cyrus Gaeta, hair by Jonna Quinn. I swear I've seen this look before. Oh, wait, the bodice is like the one Jasmine Kennedy wore for her promo look. I think this yes. is very modern drag. It's a very strong sense of style. The fuchsia and the pink playoff one mm-hmm. beautifully. She is such a star in blonde. I love how the hair is structured. This is the future I want to be a part of. Even her makeup is very striking with the blonde. Like, yeah, this is, it's a really, it's a really good look for her. Because she's able to use pale, soft colors, but not make it fade her out the way Silhouette does. She just, she knows how to paint well. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so Silhouette will go full on goth white with no contour. And so it's just like, it's just a white face. Two in the pink for me. Oh, agreed. Two in the pink. Audience, 90% two in the pink, 10% one in the stink. Well, Mama Pal has decided that Minty Fresh and Eva Queen are safe. Uh, these girls are loving that untucked room, aren't they? 
This leaves Lady Morgana, Silhouette, Precious, Paula, Nicole, Marina, Summers, Venus, and Deluxe, and Brigadine at the tops and the bottoms. Do you agree? Yes. I think I think the tops, well, Marina and Precious were definitely tops for the challenge. I would have probably put Eva over Silhouette. I think I would have made Silhouette safe. But I do feel like the bottom three were, well, uh, like, I, I felt like Venus was mid. I didn't think she deserved to be bottom three, but I also didn't think Minty deserved to be bottom three. So it was like someone had to be in that third spot because Lady Morgana had struggled the entire episode. And when you're listening to the critiques, you knew Burgardine was in the bottom. So it was one of those things with Venus. It was like, we loved you in the performance to a point, and the, your look was just not what we wanted from you. I'm going to be controversial. Okay. I think Eva was a top and Marina was not. Boom! Oh. <laughs> but you I see, but so. Marina's look was there. I think Silhouette's look was so far beyond everybody's that mm -hmm. she was a top just for that. Okay. I think. Eva I, that's what I felt with. Yeah, I think that's why Silhouette. I, I think. Looking at it, I was like, I would have put Eva over Silhouette, but I think Silhouette's look was just so <gasps> that they that it was going to make it to the top. Yeah. Well, Mama Pal has made some decisions. Marina Summers is the winner of the week. She wins 80,000 pesos and a Rue badge. Um, Precious Paul Nicole, Silhouette, and Venus Deluxe are safe, leaving Lady Morgana and Brigadine in the bottom two. Do you agree? Yeah. I think those were like, those were like the two right choices. Lady Morgana's third bottom versus Brigadine's first bottom. I think it was pretty clear what would happen before the song even played, but the song oh, is yeah. Ate Sandali by Maurice Rakal. Uh, it is a fun, poppy song, and bitch, this was all for Brigadine. She tore that dress off, and she's like, I'm the Filipino Avril Lavigne. <laughs> it was very much, I think it was a moment where, like, more, because like I said earlier, Morgana felt, had said in her talking head as they are doing the critiques, it felt like they were saying goodbye to her. Like, it really, she didn't feel like she was going to be, that they, it was like the ending was already here. And I think they were doing, like, Brigadine, where we need you to show us who you are, and we're going to give you that bottom, bottom two scare to give you that, to fire, to, like, to progress onward. Now, Lady Morgana just had the wrong vibe for the song, but she did do a big reveal again. Mm -hmm. um, the lens designers for this episode were very heavy on the strobe and the spotlights. Like, they got washed out so many fucking times. Brigadine is a superstar. I adore her. She's not winning this show, but she will be seen on many, many all-star seasons. She is. Oh, very, she, she has all-star potential already. Either if versus the world or when, or if, uh, or U.S. Because they're now going to start bringing in the international girls. It looks like. So. I still can't get over the fact that the bitch spray painted that fucking wig. Like that is expensive. Where the hell did she get the spray paint? But you spray painted a wig on stage. Mm -hmm. It's a first that's yeah that's commitment i was like i'm here for it like honestly she didn't i don't think she had to do much in regards to antics she could have just performed she was gonna stay any however whatever she did but i do feel like if she was like just in case yeah. just in case they he decided to keep morgana over me well the time has come to finally say goodbye to lady morgana bringing stays to slay another day and get ready for the longest goodbye oh yes now, that was no, no. When Silhouette leaves, that will be the longest goodbye in Drag Race history. When asked what she wants to say to the Queens of Davao, she says, don't be afraid to explore, and if she can do it, why can't they? 
She goes on to name all the areas and provinces that should have their chance as she has shown her chance. She's a simple gay drag queen, and here she is. She says, be humble and honest and grateful and smile. I was like, where's the fucking playoff music? But then, wait, 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 wait. She's going to tell us what smile means. S-M-I-L-E. See miracles in life every day. Wait, I think I like that one. Go on. What else do you have to say? Well, she's going to say that the greatest freedom a man has is to discipline himself. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait. Now we're getting a dissertation. Fuck off. (laughs) Take it back. Uh, Don't go on. She's going to say freedom and discipline are deeply rooted into self-respect which is going to cause Helen Karen to cry, Jiggly to sit there and be like, is it over yet? This is like the fucking Lord of the Rings. How many endings do you goddamn need? <laughs> Mama Pal tells her to thank, um, tells her thank you as the official cutoff, but she still goes on. She says a simple drag queen, but she's starting a legacy as Lady Morgana, the clap star, and God bless, thank you, my friends with feelings. Done. Mm-hmm. But then she gets a big group hug. I guess they all really loved her. And the hug is now taking forever. This is this two weeks. Took five minutes. And this is also two weeks in a row that the entire cast has gone up on stage to hug the queen that's leaving. Because I'm like, I was, I know, honestly, I'll just be real. I, I actually teared up when Turing left. I got really emotional for some reason. And then when they all came on stage, I was like, see, they left her, why are you leaving? And then they did this for me. We're kind of going like, they really. In they are there has the there's girls that don't have that have issues with each other, but they have that sisterly bond for being on the show that I'm liking from from these because girls. They know each other. Yeah, they've known each other for so long that they're like, this is it hurts to see you go because I want you to experience this with me. But in the end, you're like, we all know there can only be one winner, and the international seasons, aside from Italia, no one's ever gotten a double chante. Nope. All right. Yep. Um, untucked. Do you want to go through it? Um, I, I if I can remember it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go through the highlights. But the highlight last week we got chicken wings. This week meat skewers. They, I'm, I'm glad. That, I am glad they are feeding these queens, and right, especially real food. food. No, you got to give them food that's not going to destroy their makeup. You are going to get that, that yeah. all over your mouth. That's the thing where they're just like. You're giving them food that's like going to drip, going to ruin their clothes. All right. So Eva and Minty discuss being safe and how that's a win for them. Uh, they discuss how watching Drag Race, how you criticize being safe, but you don't realize the pressure until you're there. Yep. Minty feels like she's giving it 1000% and she was nervous about the improv, but Eva says that improv is a great way to play and explore. Eva does reveal that her answer to her Q&A was raw and real to her. No one can hurt you more than yourself. She will then joke to Minty that uh, her answer is something that she would actually tweet. So mm-hmm. I guess the improv and real life blend yep. together. Now they're going to discuss how all the gays watch Miss Universe. Is that true? Maybe like I've watched like once or twice. It's not my thing. I don't think I've ever watched a pageant. Maybe like once or twice through like a Miss USA. But yeah. I, don't, I think I'm like, I don't think I've ever like made it a point was like this is on i need to watch it like i always hear it's on and i'll see the feed of people being like going crazy i think if you're in the pageant system like and you do like this sure. and all that stuff i think you have a different feel for the for it but when you are not in that so that's not really like the type of drag you do or even drag you're into uh i don't think it's like it's not one of those things where i'm like oh i have to watch the pageants to like yeah. 
to get my life. I just don't. I'm just like, I'll get the highlights of if things like the fuck up like in 2015 with the wrong name called because that's going to blow up social media. So I'm like, exactly. okay, I'll get things like that um, or something where it's like, oh, this outfit was amazing. And you're like, okay, I can watch it, but I don't. I need to watch it in real time kind of thing. So Eva has fulfilled a lot of dreams already in this competition from girl group to pageant. It's been smashing for her. They do mock Brigadine for landing in the bottom as be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. But Eva thinks Brigadine couldn't understand the concept and that's why she failed. If Eva played the part, she said she would have worn a Swarovski gown and Prince's shoes. You know, the <gasps> shoes. The sh- exactly. The sh- those shoes would have, it would have, that would have been, like, I think, a guaranteed win if she walked out with a fucking um, Prince shoes. Now the tops and bottoms return and Morgana isn't going to sit. She's just going to start preparing for the lip sync. Marina knows that she and Silhouette are the tops with Precious there, and the bottoms are Morgana, Venus, and Brigadine. And they're going to cheers to Douglas Nieras because um, they need good juju in case he arrives again. Exactly. They need to, they just need to sage the entire workroom <laughs> to Brigadine make sure feeling, his spirits are good. It's true. Brigadine is feeling like shit, but also feeling for the first time that she's in the competition. She regrets insisting for the part as it just didn't come to her. She really... She was ready to show more, even if the judges didn't love her. Venus is surprised by the comments that she liked her look. They tell her it's fun and campy. Brigadine just didn't expect her to ever wear that coming year. And then you hear that little, the shade uh, rattle sound, um, which I don't think was intentional. I think Brigadine actually like ex- meant that sincerely. Yeah, I like, because I think this shit, like, again, this entire episode with the sound was off. So it's like, even there's a little, like, little drag race. Uh, nuances of shade rubs and such didn't really fit where they were supposed to. Venus knows she flatlined in her performance compared to others. She knows that the judges judges expected a lot from her, but did not expect her look would land her in the bottom. Now, Morgana feels like she is immune to bad comments now. She is ready, but she's not nervous. Eva will ask Morgana if she feels like she's serving less than everyone else. And Morgana's like, this is drag race, but it really doesn't matter. It sucks, but it doesn't mean you're any less than the others. You work with what you've got. That's the positive spin you got to put on being in the bottom. Morgana will also admit that she didn't know what the word meant that she was supposed to be portraying, as it was supposed to be pretend to be nice, but not actually nice. She will blame the script, and Marina questions her that did she ask anyone what the part was supposed to be? Oh, oh, so so the girls were sabotaging her. Last week it was uh, I'm going to give you how to stay to get rid of Taurine and this week it's like yeah you, you can go bye Okay well no more tears left to cry it's time to fight Minty really wants Morgana there but she hates Brigadine like what is this hate toward her like I know we had that little bit earlier in the season but I can't justify what we're seeing and how she's talking about her They haven't brought anything up since the episode one untucked where, where Brigadine kept mentioning the like the whole that their whole little argument that she just like kept going on and on about so we i think it's one of those things where it's like because they keep saying that guys untucked is going to be this thing and so far aside from silhouettes meltdown we haven't had like anything major in untucked and i think that's probably might be one of the things down the line because we're having there's still the silhouette marina tension there's the minty brigadine 
like and we un- still don't issues know about the that man. we don't white coat know what's going on, and we don't know what the man, but that came between uh, Marina and Minty. Who, what, who's this guy? Yeah. So you have that's like one, two, three. That's four people right there that have like history that's gonna like that's gonna somehow blow that should blow up at some point, and that's what I think will be what the untext that everyone's waiting for. Because so far, like this week and even last week, it hasn't been like drama filled. No, the only big news was the food. The food. It was just like, oh, they're eating. I was like, chicken wing? And I loved when Tori came back going, oh, they left me some food. <laughs> now, Silhouette is going to tell us that she's been inspecting all the queens on how they did. And I was like, girl, stop. You're not the queen. Shut it. Precious had a lot of fun playing an airhead and being the Miss Columbia. Marina is surprised and not nervous. She's happy with what she did as she never has done improv before. It's a milestone for her. Silhouette would be super happy if she wins, and it would, as it would mean the world as Miss Gay is her roots. She wants to give back to her grandma with this win. She was not, she was disappointed not to win last week, but Precious did what she does. This week, it's her week. She did what she does, so she feels it's obligated to her. <laughs> Girl, stop! And it doesn't end because we're going to learn that Silhouette's ex is Kevin Bylot. Yes, a girl named Kevin. That's the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, 377,000 followers. Um, she is transgender and Precious is gagged at this news because apparently she didn't know that they dated for a year. But Kevin Ballot is the first ever winner of Miss International Queen. Oh. Uh, and Miss, and uh, Kevin Ballot is also very, very vocal about how transgender women should not be allowed in beauty pageants because oh. of their advantage. Oh. Yeah, that's... That's when you need the shade rattle. Literally. Ooh. Um... And again, this is another reason why Silhouette thought she would deserve the win. Well, oh, so. It's the end of the episode. Lady Morgana heads backstage with feelings. Uh, and we're going to see that she's been gifted earrings from Con Karen and a ring from Jiggly. So I guess losing is the new winning. You know, I think she's a queen that I think that they, that they enjoyed, but they knew wasn't right for Drag Race. Or not like, not right for Drag Race, but like they knew her style wasn't going to take her far, but they liked her enough to be like, we're going to give you some shit, girl. Let's just say it. She was the diversity hire. I don't want to say that. She was but the, I'm like, um, the but she was, she was, the, she was, if you think about, yeah, if you break it down to like the U.S., she was that queen from the Midwest that's like from a small town that's like, there's like three dry queens and so the fact that she made it on the show is just, like, exactly. going to propel her. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Yes. What is Lady Morgana's legacy? And say it with feelings. I was going to say, it's with feelings. I think her legacy is that she, tr- she, she tried. She did. She did it. She made it. She lived saying three times. Um so she survived two. She survived two lip syncs. So in a way, she was the lipstick assassin of the season at this point. Uh, but I think she's just going to be remembered as someone who is genuine and a little quirky. Yeah. All right. Um, snatch game time. Who do you think will excel, and why is it Precious Paul and Nicole? Because we've already seen her do it last week. I mean, if she doesn't win, I will be surprised. I will be very surprised if she doesn't take the win. But also having Snatch Game be two episodes after a rusical where they had you do impersonations is a little like, okay, well, 
what are they going to do here? I'm interested to see what, if the girls are going to do uh, just full-on uh, Philippine uh, individuals, or if they're going to do, like, overall, like, popular people who are, like, sure. worldwide, yeah. So I do feel I do I do feel like Paula has the biggest or Precious Paula has the biggest advantage going yeah. into snatch game for to for taking the win. All right, after five episodes, the winner of the season is. I think it might be Precious. I I'm still going with Precious. Um, the thing that I'm going to say is um, no, listeners, you're getting an exclusive. I'm going to be doing power rankings starting with um, UK four. So you'll get to see, um, so we got to do some of the TikToks and real shit. And I, that's the only way I can start justifying doing something like that. So I'll be yeah. giving you a weekly breakdown of where I think the power rankings are. If we were to be doing power rankings here, um, Marina Summers is right on her fucking tail. Uh, this week solidified the ch- fact that they adore her and they want her to go far. Um, At this point, I feel like based on what we've seen, because we're now down to seven, I feel like Precious Marina, Eva, and Bring-A-Ding are the ones I wouldn't be surprised if that was the final four as of this point. Yeah. Um, Honestly, for me, I want Silhouette gone just because I can't stand her, but I can tell that they really want her there. I feel like, like, well, honestly, if you look at who's left, you're like, well... I right. feel you don't like want anyone to go. You don't want anyone to go, but you're like, I guess it's like if you got rid of silhouette, then we're then we're now down to six, and you're like, okay, then it's like Minty. Well, who would go? Then you're like maybe Minty because she hasn't been delivering what they want from her, and but this is also this could also be a, a week for Minty to be to do bad because it's uh, impersonations. Right. This is such a strong cast. Yep, this cast is loaded. Um, I just hope the next season is filled with some strong names because, damn, the Philippines has some great drag. All right. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you got to plug? I can be found on Instagram at Harry is Precious is Harry. Uh, my Venmo is Precious Envy. Uh, if you want to want to leave me a little surprise in, in, my, in my Venmo, hello. Uh, I will be competing uh, in the Miss Rock Bar pageant starting in, well, not really a pageant, more of a competition, uh, starting at the end of the month. Uh, my week is in October uh, for my semi. Uh, and that's pretty much it drag-wise, aside from just working my nine-to-fivers. Well, thank you so much for stepping in, saving the day. And yes, no you did get your Block Talk badge of choice. <laughs> Yay! I can add it in my pin collection, which is ever-growing, apparently. <laughs> a huge thanks to Precious for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. 